What's up, y'all? Still catching up on episodes. This one is Eric Harmon. This is back from late June, early July. Um, an amazing conversation. He shares about Instagram, how he's gotten 34% of agents found on Instagram, an insane number. So you got to listen to that. He talks about the local contractors. Um, he's been a beta tester for pretty much everything. And what I love about Eric is that he is not afraid to do the practical thing to help his clients. So he does anything and everything in service of his clients and has great communication. He doesn't worry about the typical things that some inspectors can worry about. So it's cool and refreshing to hear his take on how he's thinking about connecting his home buyers with contractors. Um, I think he even like sells ad space in his reports, does some really cool things there. Um, and then he talks about getting like a 20 plus percent take rate on his upsell emails on sewer scope and how that's kind of changed his business insane how he tracks his numbers i'm a fan of it I, I encourage and challenge everyone to look at your numbers this way and start thinking about those upsells especially in this current environment so um hope you enjoy the episode and we'll talk to everybody soon thanks what's going on eric hey that looks familiar brother hey i was one i could not wait to put it on to talk and for you to see it man it's just kind of wild seeing someone else wear it to be honest with you hey that's why you send them out right Right. How is life, man? I'm. Thank you for finally making this work. Um, I apologize for the reschedules and the mix-ups, um, but glad we can do it. Yeah, don't worry about it. No, I'm excited. Uh, man, life's been busy. Down to down to one job. I still feel uh, I feel just as busy. Let's dig. We can we can jump right in if you don't mind. If we can we can dig right into that. I, I'd love to kind of get a catch up on where you're at with everything. Um, and it's funny because I was looking back, we have, we've never done the podcast before. Did we, did I skip over? I don't think we have. No, I, I did one with the Wilsons, uh, probably a year ago, but I don't think I've done one with you yet. Okay. It may, maybe it's because we rescheduled it a couple of times where I was going, I literally clicked through all like 90 something episodes and was like, where's our first one? I know we did one before, but we've just talked so much that it feels yeah. like we've probably done it. Yeah, we've had a pretty good email chain of conversation, but I don't think we've actually zoomed. I mean, we had a zoom about a beta, uh, the beta um, uh, client portal. We did that. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. And I see you on social media all the time, and I I wear your hat, so maybe it just feels like we've done this multiple times. But anyway, what's keeping you feeling so busy? You know, man, I just uh, I felt like I had a a real good wind behind your back coming into spring. Um, just got hooked up with the right agents, the right busy agents, and then kind of word of mouth started to spread. And I don't know, man, just <laughs> been staying pretty busy doing about 25 to 35 a month, mm -hmm. um, which is pretty comfortable pace, I think. So, um, yeah, dude, I don't know. I just feel very fortunate. We got blessed. Hopefully it stays around for the rest of the year. We'll kind of see what happens, but we're cruising yeah. for sure. So let's take people back and kind of give them the, the, the history of you in the inspection industry. We can go further back in a minute, but when you got in, cause you, I've, I like your story. I want people to hear it in terms of when you got in and kind of what that journey has been like. So being a home inspector is like a, a backup job. Um, so I was a, I was a career airline mechanic. And then when COVID hit, uh, we all got lay, layoff notices in the mail. My wife was a flight attendant for a competing airline, and she got the same notice in the mail that I did on the same day that I did. No way. Yeah, so, and uh, we had a four-month-old at the time. This is 
February 2020. So I had a buddy of mine at the airport, comes up with like a get rich quick scheme like every other week. And, uh, and one of his ideas was like, hey man, we should be home inspectors. And I rented at the time, I was like, well, what's that? You know, like that job exists. So I Googled it, did some research, found out about internet. She was like, man, I can do this. So um, got certified, technically open business, uh, June 1st, 2020. First inspection was probably like tail end of July. And uh, then I had a full-time job for a little bit, right? Working at the airline and doing home inspections. Never did get laid off. Uh, they laid off like 19,000 people. I was within 30 of the cutoff. So I mean, like it got really close. So then I wound up with, uh, with two full-time jobs. And uh, I, was, I was doing home inspections in the day, do one at nine, one at two, and I'd go work at the airport all night, clock in at 10 p.m., leave the airport at 6.30, take my daughter to school and start all over. That was 2020, or that was uh, back yeah, after 2020? Yeah, that was 2020. Uh, not, man, that's how life was all of 2021 doing like five to eight inspections a week and working 40 hours at night at the airport. I have so many questions. So that was COVID year. Was it not? I lose track sometimes. That was, yeah. How did that impact your decisions? Cause COVID hit March, April where things right. really shut down. What did that impact you get into the business at all? Oh man, that was like, that was why I did it. Cause we, you know, we were told we were going to lose, Hey, you're going to lose your job in October. Like nobody's hiring jet mechanics right now. Right. I'd already called around to all my buddies like, man, we've already had layoffs. So like, right, I need to manufacture a job that can replace an airline salary. Um, turns out this one could do it. And my skill set from working on airplanes directly transferred over to inspecting houses. In fact, it's a little easier because I don't have to fix anything anymore. Right. right? So um, it just, man, it just, it just worked out. This was a backup job that just kind of flourished and it's now my, my full-time occupation. Wow. So I ask everyone this, like, so you, you decided to do it. What was like, what was day one? What did day one look like once you one committed to doing this and two kind of your first day of like, how do I get business? Man, <laughs> like, day one was, I don't remember the first day, but I remember like the first week, like sitting at home with my day off from the airport with so many tasks that need to be accomplished. And I don't know how to do any of it. Cause I've never, <laughs> I've never had to learn I didn't know how to market, didn't know how to run a business, don't have a financial background. So I had to learn that. It was a lot of switching hats off very quickly and trying to very quickly come up to speed on necessary tasks that need to be accomplished, along with learning how to inspect a house, right? Learning how to interact with people in a, in a high stress situation where people are spending like every dollar they have. How did you learn that part? Or what, 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 where'd you even start? With that? It, that took a little bit of learning. I mean, from the airlines, I, I talked to passengers, talked to pilots, you know, say I work on a, on a, a flight, a safety of flight system, something important. And now I have to go calm down this pilot. who's about to take 300 people to Australia. That kind of communication or being able to quickly gain trust in a high stress situation kind of transferred over a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, still a learning curve, right? Yeah. No real estate experience. So uh, I had to learn, I had to learn to speak the right language. But I think, I think I was fortunate with this, the um, communication skills I developed at the airport, being able to like basically deliver bad news, you know, 
get good at it, right? You get good at knowing how to deliver. Man, you certainly do. Like looking back at like my first 50 inspections, like, Lord, like super fortunate that those ladies, those agents gave me a chance, but um, definitely a lot more polished now. So how did you even meet the first agent? How did you even get the first job? Do you remember? Man, my first, so my first inspection that didn't have anything to do with a family member buying a house um, or wasn't like a friend or something like that. It was a $1.2 million house in Fullerton built in 1928. It's like two story with like a super intricate crawl space. And uh, this agent, her name's Allison. She's my highest producing agent. Um, That was your first job. My first job, man. She called me at like three o'clock, two days before I was at the airport. I had to run to the break room to take the call. And because uh, it, you know, a quiet spot where I could pick up the phone and I could hear it on her voice, like, all right, let's go. And like, man, like nerves set in pretty hard. I was like, holy cow. This lady's trusting me to go inspect this like $1.2 million, like $1.2 million in 2020. The place is probably $2 million now. Um, and nerves were going for sure. How did you even meet that agent? Uh, so she's a good friend with my father-in-law who's a, he sells uh, insurance. He's a farmer's agent. Okay. So he's like, Hey man, I'm going to get you in an office where you're going to have to learn how to do presentations. Go talk to these people and, you know, make a quick, uh, a quick PowerPoint and just get you started. Wow. So you, you got some encouragement from there and some Def- definitely cause it, man, it would have been an uphill climb without a little bit of tutelage on that because that's it's not a, not a job or a task I ever had to accomplish. Right. Last time I made a PowerPoint was high school. <laughs> right. You know, man, it's been a bit. Yeah. Okay. So you do that house. Uh, what was going through your mind mentally there when you, while you were doing it and then hitting, hitting, delivering the report? Man, I don't, they, so this was this guy's like third or fourth house. Man, he's probably mid fifties. So he, he's been around. He knows what he's, he knows what he's looking at. He knows the situation. I wound up finding a cast iron drain line underneath the house with like a two foot crack in it that every time he ran the water was like an enormous amount of water entering the crawl space. What? I was like, well, this is what Ben Gramico would call a material defect. (laughs) I'm looking around at like all this bogus GFIs, cover plates, all this easy stuff. And I find this, I'm like, holy cow, we got something good. So I had to deliver that. And he's like, how easy is it to replace? I'm like, you know, it's, it's probably pretty easy to have good access. You know, just call your favorite plumber and just have them unscrew the pipe, put a new one in. Yep. All right, it's a hundred year old pipe, just about. It was a 98 year old cast iron pipe. So it's like, it's time to go. Doing what it's supposed to do at, at right. year 90. Yeah. So, I mean, didn't get a good review out of them. Didn't get a bad review either. It hey, that's a win. That's a right. win. Okay, that's so a- you, so you knock that one down. Where, where did the next 10 you know, 20 come from to get you to that sustainability point where you're like, wow, I got something here, man. So that was, that was probably the, I don't know, July 30th or so. I think my next one might've been like August 25th, like it went a huge stretch. So I didn't know anybody, you know, I'm trying to put my name out there. I tried a little bit of cold calling, which is a lot more difficult than it seems. <laughs> um, I did one for my buddy, Matt. I'm actually, I'm inspecting his next place tomorrow. I did That's one cool. for Matt like an investment property back in the day and that went pretty well. And then that name, you know, we did the Instagram thing, started catching a couple agents here or there. You know, we do like four to six a month. I think September I had eight, October I had eight. And uh, I thought we were busy. 
let's break down the Instagram thing, the quote unquote Instagram thing, because this, uh, where did you even get the instinct to go there? Did you have a, did you have prior experience in using it? Like, talk me through that because this is not second nature to most inspectors, as you could guess. You know, man, it wasn't even really second nature to me because personally, I'm not good at it. I rely a lot on my wife to do it. So, me too. Same. I ask her questions all the time on reels and all. I'm not allowed to post anything. I posted something about a year ago. Oh man, it came back quick. So she's in charge of, of how it looks. She schedules the post, tries to figure out what gets the best engagement. Um, obviously, I produce the knowledge or the content of it. Mm-hmm. And then it's usually me behind the, like if you're messaging the, the Instagram, it's going to be me replying. But the look, the feel, and the kind of content it's putting out, it's all her. I guess, what, why did you even think to use it in the first place? How did, how did you, what was the thought process to like even think about Instagram? Well, when we first started, um, I knew I had, to, I had to meet agents and I couldn't get in an office, mm-hmm. right? Because no one was in an office. We're talking summer of 2020. Dead, yeah. Nobody's in it. I, I couldn't get in one if I tried. The doors are locked, like literally. So, all right, how do I get in front of agents? So let's put my face on Instagram. Let's get a business Facebook started and all that stuff and get some FaceTime. Go, you know, see, see what agents I would want to work with and basically become their friends. So I found a group of ladies at a Keller Williams office that they love giving back to the community. Uh, they seem like cool agents. I just made friends, made online friends. Didn't, never even talked about business. Just, I'll let, you know, they'll click on the page and they'll find out if they want to. And um, that's just kind of how, how it got started. Just hey, let's go make friends and see, see what becomes it. Go find people I want to work with, people with similar values than what we had. I want to highlight this because your approach to this is refreshing and it's the right way to do it. It's counterintuitive. It's backwards because you're like, right. hey, let me just not even talk business and business will come. And I love hearing this like in practice happening. I'm looking at your, it's Crosswind Home Inspection. I'm going to link to it in the description for anybody, but... I always like showing inspectors, people that are doing it right and accounts they need to follow um, because I'm scrolling through this and this is beautiful. Your face is everywhere as it should be. This is, this is outstanding. So like if I'm an agent, I feel like I know you because I just saw your face 30 times scrolling down your page. Right. You know, I've showed up to inspections and I've had a client be like, Hey, it's the dude from Instagram. Like that, that came out of somebody's mouth. I was like, sure is. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you know, you've got the hat on the shirt on, like I'm a marketer and by nature, by trade. And so I'm literally just calculating brand impressions and I'm at like 50 already. And right. that's like a key to someone. And you know, I'm looking at your background crosswind, I'm looking yeah. at my video. So you're doing something really right here that I want people to realize that. Talk to me about the, like, if there was a fear of getting yourself behind the camera, behind the phone, because some inspectors look at this and they're like, Oh, those guys that do that, they're all just super charismatic. It's not in my nature. Like I'm not an extrovert. You right, strike uh, me as someone kind of in the middle. You're somewhere in the middle. You're, I don't, you know, to do I'm this. Grown, man. Um, <laughs> so it's, how- it's not comfortable sitting in front of a camera. It's not, I mean, it, it, it was difficult at first. It's, every now and again, I still have like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll try, I'll do 20 takes to try to get something talking about a panel while I'm at a house. <laughs> and some days like, Screw it, dude. Phone's going in the pocket. This isn't, it's just, it's not working. I don't feel the vibes today. I don't feel the, yeah, it's, man, that happened a couple of days ago. Like I had, I had something great to highlight. I'm like, you know what, dude, this isn't it. 
So it's, it is hard. Um, but you gotta, you gotta try. So you, you more of, so do you think of content kind of all the time, like as you're doing an inspection or when does the content kind of come to you? Man, it's pretty, aside from like the, the trendy, like TikTok stuff, like we'll push that up just to like, just to get a little bit of attention. But like when it comes to the informative stuff, I'll be at a house and I'll see a breaker heating up and the wire next to it is heating up. I'm like, sweet, nobody's around. Let's bust out the phone. Let's talk about it, you know, because this is interesting. Uh, I did a video on um, on like defects I found at a flip and I saw some like pretty outrageous stuff. I was like, you know what? We're going to do like a segmented video. And I was there by myself at the house for like a couple hours. So this is a great time to make some content. I don't have any distractions. I'm not going to piss off the buyer or the seller. And these are, these are wild, you know? So usually I'll, I'll be at a house. I just whip out the phone. I'm like, cool, this is good. We'll talk about this. Do you have fun making content? Yeah, when it kind of yeah, if it goes smoothly and it takes me less than ten takes to do it, sure. Yeah. Are you are the takes going down? Do you feel more natural sometimes when you're yeah. when you do click record? Yeah, it's just yeah, it it's like a muscle. You know, the more you exercise it, the more tone it gets, the easier it gets. It's not easy in the beginning. It's definitely not easy, but it does get easier with time. Awesome. Yeah, I can't wait for everyone to go to this, go to your page and look at it. It's uh, it's everything I typically try to push everyone to do which is getting your face on stuff smiling having different emotions and reactions just like real humans right it's like kind right. of experiencing life but you're sharing it on social it doesn't come natural to me either i know it doesn't come natural to most home inspectors but uh it's cool to hear that you've had success from it and i imagine it keeps feeding you i mean you got over a thousand you got over 1200 followers like you're you're doing it you're doing something right i think uh I haven't looked up or I haven't broken down the numbers yet for this year, but last year, 34% of our agents that used us last year found us through Instagram. No, stop. 30, 34%. So that's their initial inspection. Obviously, if they came back, that went under a different category. Um, 34% of the of our inspections last year, the first one came off Instagram. I love this. No one's ever tracked this before. This is This is awesome. I love getting this kind of data because... I always in my head knew it was important, but I couldn't quantify it. Right. Some people are like not worth getting a few agents. That's more than a few. <laughs> Man, my, my top 10 agents, except for Allison, right. That she came from uh, my father-in-law, but nine of my top 10 agents came from Instagram. Wow. That's powerful. Right. That's really powerful. Most of those ladies do between eight and 15 deals a year. What percent of your waking hours, do you think you and your wife is dedicated towards kind of Instagram, whether it's upkeep, content creation, thinking about it, like if you had to bucket it, maybe. Man, probably she does a lot. I mean, she probably puts some more work than I really give her credit for, or even notice. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't even know what the right answer would be. But, but hours, safe to say hours a week. Man, hours a week, man, maybe 10. Okay. Yeah, I'd say. And here's why I ask that, because I think a lot of inspectors think it's this thing you could throw five minutes at, and then it yields all these returns and benefits. And it's kind of like life, right? It's like, if you put time into it right. and it's the right activity, it'll grow um, and things will work. So um, uh, if, if you want to do it right, you want to have an impact, you got to, you got to work, you got to put time out. You know, but this is where agents hang out. I can't say it enough. I see them. I follow 
you know, all the time, dude. Hundreds They're of all them. On their <laughs> yeah. Especially the younger ones, you know, you, you get a millennial agent, hell, you get a millennial buyer. I mean, they're all over Instagram. Let's let's talk about now things started rolling. Clearly things started working well. When did you hit the point of Well, first of all, you quit the full-time jobs at one at a certain point, right? Yeah, I left uh I left work in the airline uh second to last day of April of this year. So I've been on my own for about 6 weeks, 6 or 7 weeks now. Okay, so talk to me one. I want to hear about more of the juggling both because a lot of people that listen are new new or newish inspectors and they they got jobs and they're mm-hmm. doing home inspections. What did you learn from that period of like, first of all, it sounds like you didn't sleep ever. Take naps. <laughs> <laughs> take but was that all intentional and part of the plan or was it kind of like, let me just continue to see how this thing grows on the side and I'll figure it out eventually. Like how intentional was uh, 2021? 2021 was just, trying to once we figured out all right cool i'm gonna keep the job you know i'll keep my airline job it's like sweet i can't quit this because look how good it's doing but i can't quit the airline because i can't support myself yet on inspection money so okay i guess we're gonna do both so um i probably figured that i was gonna leave probably october of last year someone asked me at the airport um because they knew i've been busy right they see me finishing up reports at at the airport at night i'd show up I'd crank out my two reports and all right, cool, time to work on jets. Wow. And um, someone asked me, so when are you going to leave? And I'm like, oh, I didn't really think of that yet. It's like, well, I haven't done a, I've never made this much money from two full-time jobs before. So we'll see how tax season goes. <laughs> if we prepare accordingly, I'll leave in April. Yeah. And I just, I would, almost without thinking, that's just what I said. And then every, you know, every now and again, someone else would ask me and I'd say, yeah, probably April. And then April rolled around and we did our taxes in March and we pre- prepared accordingly. Everything went, you know, everything went well, saved, even saved a little money. It's like, oh, April's here. And I, I told everybody April. So I was like, got to do it. Was that part intentional? Because I'm big on like social accountability. Did you right. purposely do that or did it kind of just come out and you're like, oh, I, I guess I just talked myself into being done in April. It, it wound up being more intentional as people ask, probably like December time. December timeframe is like, you know what? Like, I'm telling everybody April, we're going to have to do it. And if I can swing it, we're going to pull the plug because I'm getting awful tired working this two full-time job thing, you know? So that was, that was part of it for sure. It wasn't, wasn't my initial reason for vocalizing April, but it wound up being the reason. And it sounds like that wouldn't have been sustainable anyway to go much longer. He he probably hit a breaking point at some point. I mean, my last month at the airport was, you know, April and I did, Dirty inspections in April. Call out sick a lot from the airport. You know, I'm not. But if you're doing thirty, you can't. You can't work a full time job. At least I couldn't. I was probably working thirty or thirty two hours. How were the support systems? How was home life? Like, did it have an impact? Um, you know, how did that play into everything? Because that's a, that's a very real piece that we probably don't talk enough about on the podcast, but it's real. Yeah, dude, for sure. I mean, I was working nights, and that just having a graveyard shift five nights a week, it's hard enough to keep a family life, let alone being gone for two inspections or one inspection every day. You, you don't get to see your family um, very often. That's one of the biggest motivating factors to leave. You know, I had a Tuesday off. I had, I went to breakfast, I went to dinner, took my kid to the beach. <laughs> like you can't, I, I couldn't have done that last year. 
you know, not easily, not, yeah. not all feeling refreshed, right? You're living life at 70% when you're working two full-time jobs. At best. Yeah. Yeah. At best, dude, always tired, coffee in hand. So what was, uh, what did April feel like? Was it a, was it kind of just part of the path and you were like, Oh yeah, I guess I'm doing this full-time or was it, was it, I guess uh, a big moment? Was it emotional dude. or was it kind of just like, dude, time to get to work on my next Man, chapter? A lot of nerves. Cause it's, that's a big step, you know? breadwinner family of four I got two little kids to feed we bought a house in September so now I got a mortgage to pay so that's <laughs> that's a that's a big step so you know I had support from the family and they're like all right dude you're gonna do it so we're doing it so I emailed my two weeks out and had like a little powwow with my wife you know downstairs on the couch like, all right we're we're cranking this is gonna be our weekly schedule now you know Wednesday is business development day every other day is an inspection day so Wednesday's business development day. I like that. So you block it off. You blocked it off from the beginning. I don't do inspections uh, before two o'clock on Wednesday. Every now and again, I'll put one at like two o'clock if we're busy. I don't want to turn down work or if it's an agent that I'm, I'm real friendly with, I'll try to, you know, try to get them in where I can. But um, this morning has been all Zoom calls, IEB work, a um, little bit of prospecting, trying to get a, trying to hammer down a wig and some, and some lead measures. Uh, that's pretty much what Wednesdays look like for me. That's amazing. I love that you block it off because then you commit to doing it, right? I imagine. Have to. You, you, uh, yeah. Otherwise, it's going to get booked. You know? yeah. And then you can't do it. Then it's been a week. Now you're behind. And you stay on the treadmill if you do that. I like that. Absolutely. Like that um, okay. So some nerves, and but you were, you were going. Did the fire of having the mortgage, the kids, the no kind of turning back, like, you know, there's a metaphor of like burning the boats as you speak once you right. got on the island where it's like there's no turning back. Did that help drive you? Because Mike and I started Spectora had similar kind of thing where it's like, Oh no, this has to work. Yeah, absolutely. This will work. <laughs> and you know, having two jobs, I, I kind of got lazy with, with the growth, like, cause I didn't, I didn't need the inspection money. You know, it was nice, but if we had a slow week, sweet, I got to rest. Right. Um, and that probably hampered my growth a little bit in the first year or two, but that feeling of like exactly how you said it, like this has to work. That's what it felt like when I got the, the notice to leave, you know, that I had to leave my job. It's the same feeling I had in April. Like, Hey, I put my two weeks in yesterday. Like this has to work. Let's get, you know, get to the grindstone. Let's do it. So, um, definitely, definitely, uh, more energized, more motivated. There's, you know, there's no turning back now. Was that not one of the more like liberating feelings ever? Uh, yeah, it's cool. Like terrifying and right. liberating. <laughs> Because I remember quitting my job at Home Advisor and the next day just sitting down at the desk of like, this feels weird. I Dude, haven't done this before. Weird. I haven't yeah, been. What I found difficult, like my first week, like at home, was like coming up with like a daily schedule. You know, because I would sleep in and, you know, like the kids would, I'd wake up like 30 minutes before the kids. And as soon as the kids are up, there's no work happening, right? You're, you're dealing with them. You're busy. Um, so after about a month of just kind of like, I'm getting stuff done, but I feel like I'm wasting some time. All right, cool. I got to get up at five in the morning every day. Need to be in the office at five thirty every day. I'll get an hour of work done before either of the kids wake up, and then the routine can start. Right. Um, that certainly helped. I can get a lot of work done in an hour. Right. I can do accounting. Um, I can do some prospecting. I can write my thank you cards without being without having crayons get put on it. So, <laughs> um, that man, that helped. That was a huge help. So without sounds, like a, a hard set daily routine because I don't have to clock in and out. 
I don't have to go. I don't have to be anywhere. So you got to like, got to be your own boss a little bit, kind of manage your time a lot better. So if I'm hearing you right, that structure was like clutch for you in terms of like creating those boundaries and time blocks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So tell me now kind of what your outlook is, because we're in some, I guess, if you read the news, some uncertain times as to what the future holds. We're coming off of an amazing two years, the post-COVID bounce. Looks like a, you know, a mountain where it's like COVID up, COVID back down, and we're back where we're at prior to COVID in terms of annual home sales. What's your take on kind of where we're at? How much do you follow local economy there? Uh, I follow local stuff a lot closer than I do like national. I know like parts of like Northeast, they're, they're having some issues, right? They're, they're down a percentage. Last three months are my busiest three months. You know, April, I did 30, uh, May 35, June 28. So um, we still have a lot more buyers than we have homes. Still working with like five weeks of inventory. Okay. So, you know, rates went up and it knocked out a lot of first time home buyers, but everybody who's a buyer now is super qualified right? They mean business. And now they have a little bit more muscle. Um, I saw a stat from Pacific West Realtors that 40% of home buyers in 2021, between a million and a million five, waived a home inspection. 40, 40% within a million and a million five. 40%? I don't know it's, yeah, it's what the graphic showed. Oddly enough, I saw it on Instagram from a, a title reps um, Instagram page. And if that's true, and home buyers are getting more muscle. It's like business should be good. So that could soften the landing is maybe your your hypothesis because I never had any data on that either. And we were yeah. like, wow, we don't know how many were getting waived or skipped. Right. But we know the number of transactions is going down. Can it offset a little? You know, can it help soften that? Man, you know, I do I know? No. Am I hoping so? For sure. You know, it uh, looks like our market share is kind of staying the same, hovering about about three and a half, four percent, kind of to the biggest cities that I track. I don't track every city, just the, the ones that matter the most to us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see what what the numbers from June look like. But uh, my outlook's pretty good. Props to you for tracking market share. Not every inspector in their second year does that. I know there's the IEB influence, but also um, you seem good about structure and tracking, kind of you know, whether naturally or learned, I think that's something, even if it's 0.00001%, I tell everyone to start tracking that right away because it gives you something right. to shoot for. What else are you well, tracking? You know, how much you can grow too. You know, like the city I track right now is Long Beach because it's 70% of my business. I'm at 4% market share in Long Beach. So usually if I could look at long, like how the market in Long Beach is tracking, I kind of know where I'm going to be, you know, yeah. like, Oh, look, pending sales went up 20% Long Beach and sweet. So I did eight. Now I did eight last month. I did 12 this month. Looks like we're right in line with that city. And, uh, you know, helps with forecasting and helps with planning too. That's amazing. That's amazing. I think that, do you, I guess, keep your, you know, do you export your data, throw it in a spreadsheet? Do you just kind of like back of the napkin it? Um, Because I try and tell inspectors, this doesn't have to be fancy to start, like create right. yourself a Google sheets or, a, you know, a Excel sheet, start there. That, that's what we did. Actually, um, a guy from my IEB pod, uh, back when he was in, in our pod, he's more advanced than us, probably has six guys. 
uh, he shared that with us and I changed his cities to my cities, deleted all his data and man, spent a lot of time at the computer, you know, with the MLS in front of me, just like moving numbers over. Like, all right, cool. So this is where we're at and just get clarity on kind of where you sit in your marketplace. Cause before I had no idea, you know, didn't have a clue. And when you look at it, it's like, wow. So four out of every hundred inspections in Long Beach, I'm performing. That's pretty cool. That's amazing. Yeah. You know? And so seeing those numbers move and knowing what goes into moving those numbers, right? Yeah. You know, we're not 4% in every city. That's just the one where we do the most business. So that's where, that's generally the one I track. Most of them, most of them, I don't even enter data in anymore because I might do one a month. It's like, right. uh, that's, it's kind of negligible at that point. Yeah. Kind of can wipe those out on the margins and not, not worry too much about it. Let's shift gears and talk about, um, Kind of because you you struck me as someone early on with like the partnership, the client portal and partnership stuff that were you were like, cool, let's try it, let's see what happens. You know, right. like I, I I understand the concept. That's not the norm in our industry because things are shifting in terms of home inspectors. One, adding more ancillary services on one side, and then two, bringing more business uh, segments in house, like handyman, mm -hmm. pest, plumbing, and so we're clearly trying to skate to where the puck is going in terms of allowing you guys to offer value add services that clients need and want and see if you, you can add that value and get paid a little bit for it. What was your mentality going in? What did you think initially when you saw what we were good doing? How did you think about this? Cause you just seemed one of those guys to just get it right away. And there was like, yeah, it made sense. Cause man, say you do 10, 10 inspections a week, seven of those are going to be asking you questions. Hey man, you know, a plumber or, you know, a real estate agent or something. So to be able to like automate that, throw it like in front of them, like one saves me time. They don't have to ask me the question. Uh, two, most of my clients are millennials. Like they, I mean, we love shopping online. That's the first thing they're going to look at. Yep. Um, I don't know how many of my clients have actually selected that stuff through the client portal. I know I got one check from ADT a while back, but it makes sense to me, dude. Like if I'm going to shop for something, that's the way I'm going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you're just, you're so pragmatic about it that I love it because to me, sometimes my conversations go really quick when inspectors like, yeah, like people ask me all the time for about warranty insurance information. I just send them the link and they do, they take it or they don't. And it's, and it's out yeah. of my hands. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's up to them. As long as no one's spamming them and the way you guys have it set up, it's often anyways. So if they don't want it. Cool. Delete the email. If you want it. Sweet. There you go. Here it is. Enjoy. Yeah. Is there anything uh, in your mind that can, that can make this better? Any, any ideas that have popped up kind of throughout the last couple months um, where you're like, you know what, I wish it did this or clients are not reacting well to this or yeah. How do you view the future of this? Cause I think it could be a big piece of inspector kind of like influence and, and revenue if positioned mm -hmm. correctly. And that's kind of, we're still in that phase of like right. learning how to help position it for you guys. Mm -hmm. um, I think with the, like the big box, uh, I don't know about like big box services. I think that's, that's pretty well set up, especially with the moving. Like that's huge. Yeah. You know, like with pods, right? A lot of times these people haven't even thought about moving services because they're, they're stuck in the whirlwind of this transaction. Their EMD just went out or they're thinking about all the money they just spent not hiring a moving service. So just putting that in front of them is cool. Um, I think making it in the future a possibility to get more local contractors up there somehow. You know, like my favorite plumber, Golden Rooter Plumbing. Like 
I would put him up there for sure. You know, my favorite electrician. So when they get the report, say, hey, look, do you need any of these services? Like now that you've seen your home inspection report, here's a list of our favorite contractors. So for a while there, I had all my favorite contractors on my inspection report where they can basically click, click their logo and like link to their page. Mm-hmm. Um, that was helpful, but not everybody did it. So maybe a better way to like present that. It was, it was a direct link to them and it was kind of like a soft sell because right? I wasn't pushing it. It's like, here's some information for you. Like do, do with it what you want. Um, I think that would be cool, especially if you can maybe even get like a finder's fee out of it. Like if you're working with a big air conditioning company, it's like, hey man, here's ad space. You can purchase ad space on my client portal if you wish. No guarantee that someone's going to do it, but if you want to purchase the ad space, here you go. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's the way the world works. That's how digital advertising works. It's a you know right. multi-trillion-dollar industry, and uh, I think that's the model because that, that's something I believe vendors and contractors can wrap their head around, right? They pay for local mail, you know, local mailers, they pay for Google ads, they pay for ads on Facebook. It's another channel for them to get in front of, to get eyeballs. Right. Where do you see kind of your business going? Like, what are you thinking about? You know, we're at the midpoint of the year, back half of the year, we'll see what happens, but it sounds like your business is healthy. Your local market's healthy ish. (laughs) <laughs> healthy as can be yeah. uh, right um do you want to grow do you want to follow the mold of, of becoming multi do you like where you're at do you want to yeah tell me, well, tell me what I'm, you're at the, I'm at the point now where i've done a few inspections especially in the past couple of weeks some bigger properties uh done a couple of fourplexes some four thousand square foot kind of complicated homes well that really should have been a team inspection right um Man, I did one the other day. It took me four and a half hours. And that's, that's pretty long for me. It, I try to aim for about three, right? That's like the butter zone of everybody's comfort zone from standing in someone else's house. Yep. Um, having some help would be nice. So I had a gentleman who consequently actually also works at the airport for a competing airline. I didn't know that until I met him. Emailed me and said, hey, man, I want to work for you. He found me on Instagram. So I was like, all right. So took him out for a beer, met him, talked with him. That 15-minute conversation quickly turned into an hour. And uh, I took him on a ride-along probably like 10 days later just to like feel him out, see how he acts at someone else's house. And just kind of like probe his knowledge on the house a little bit. He's internationally certified. I was like, cool, I'll get you on the roof. We'll get you under a house. And just observe. You don't have to help. You just soak up the energy. And um, went pretty well. So hopefully, you know, if things keep working out, still have a lot of conversations to have with them and get some of some areas of his knowledge a little higher. But man, if I can have a part-time guy for the back end of this year, that'd be really helpful. How else do you see that unlocking kind of some of your time too? Because it sounds like you've already been productive with your Wednesdays and your, you know, and your wife. And so it's like, what else do you foresee you spending time on? If say he gets graduates to a point of, you know, giving you another half a day, Right, man, that'd be nice. Like <laughs> Saturday morning, let me hit some open houses. Typically, I'm doing inspections Saturday, yep. and you know, if for whatever reason I'm unbooked or I have a cancellation, like I'll stop by some open houses, but it's not planned. You know, that's right. that's a cool. Maybe I'll do some growth activities. Maybe I won't have an opportunity to tell that kid, "Hey, man, can you work Saturday mornings? I'll give you an easy one close to your house if I got it. You just take care of that one. I'll go talk to four, you know, four to six agents." Try to grow the business and 
Yeah, if I get any free time, definitely going to do growth for sure. I think that's most important. Are you... Especially if he wants to go full-time, I got to create the volume to support that. Yeah, absolutely. Are you are you looking at um, add-on services? Like what, do you, do you do any ancillaries currently or are you thinking about bringing, bringing more? We do a lot. So uh, obviously home inspections uh, are our most profitable answer, ancillary services, sewer scopes, and then mold, and then pools and spas. Okay. So you do, you do those already and they're, yeah. how, how's your, is the take rate pretty good? Do you think about like, are you thinking about that in terms of getting, uh, selling the whole shebang to higher percentage of clients? Um, yeah. So sewer scopes, when we started doing sewer scopes February of last year, and that revolutionized our average inspection fee. So we went from like 475 uh, last month I was at 651. Oh, beautiful. So it's, it, I'm like, you can live off home inspections, but selling your ancillary services gives you profit, gives you money to grow, money to feed your company. So I think our take rate, um, this year so far, we're sitting like 21, 24% for sewer scopes. Granted, not all of our houses should have a sewer scope. A lot of them, you know, some of them are condos, obviously it's not applicable. Right. Uh, you know, 20, 25% or so get sewer scopes and that definitely helps. If I have a week of just condos, man, we feel it. Like that's, you know, it's a thousand bucks. Right. Right. So it's, it helps for sure. I mean, if you can do a sewer scope, do it. They're not hard to do. They take 15 minutes and you make good money doing it. Beautiful. Have you, it's either in beta or out in terms of our um, kind of upsell um, functionality. You've probably heard about that, right? Cause right. you're on top of that. I'm, you're probably more in the know than me. Um, do you think that's going to help bump that? Cause if we could, if you bump that to 30, 40% on home on single family homes, huge, right? Huge for the bottom line. Right. So before you guys release that, the way we sold sewer scopes is five minutes after I hit, uh, confirm the inspection, I get an automated text with some data from last year. So that's something like, um, we inspected 87 sewers last year and 79 of them required repair to some degree or further evaluation. Boom. So Could that's the text and it goes straight to the buyer. And usually I just got one about six minutes ago. Hey man, I think we're going to do the sewer. So I just let that text sell the sewer. I don't really upsell it personally. I don't spend any energy on it. Just let the system take care of it. So you do, so that's an action. You, you, are you use advanced? Sorry, I didn't, yep. even, I didn't even check. So you send that text with stats. So I always tell people, use numbers. Don't just say, hey, need a, need a sewer scope? Give right. them some numbers. Um, and then they call or email back, ask you that. Yeah, usually they just reply to the messenger. Like we purchased that uh, phone number through you guys. So usually they'll respond to that and then we'll shoot them a text from my personal. So, hey man, think that's a great idea on your 85 year old house with a, with a clay pipe. Like that's a great idea. <laughs> yeah. You know, we'll bring the camera. We'll take care of it at the same time. You know, we're there. Just expect a an invoice update here in a few minutes, and we're off and rolling. Right. So you're probably pumped about if uh, if they get that client portal email, and it's just like you flash that stat there. They just click the button, right. and you just see a dollar sign roll in. Right. It's it's. I don't even do it. It just it does it itself. And to have it on the client portal is just another spot for them to see it. It's another touch point. Because sometimes they'll look at it and they'll. Sometimes, you know, I don't get a response. They'll tell me at the house, hey, do you think we should do a sewer? It's like, you should. Maybe an extra touch point might, might get oh, them to buy it a little earlier. Yeah, I'm so pumped if they get an email and you customize the email and they can click a button and do it. I, I can't wait for this. Like, I know it's a nerdy home inspection thing, but like if you guys could bump your take rate up 10, 
15% without doing anything, I think mm-hmm. we've done our job. No, it's, I mean, it revolution, revolutionized our revenue for sure. What, what else excites you when you, when you think of this year, next year, what else, what else about, it could be industry or your business, but like what, what else, you know, keeps you, keeps you up and keeps you waking up excited. Yeah, just, keeps you up at night. Just seeing how now that, you know, now we're doing like 30, it's like I'm not maxed out like service wise, but we're getting pretty close to hitting like 80% of our availability book. So just, I'm interested to see how fast and how big it wants to get. Yeah, I'm meeting agents, but I'm not like feeding it super hard, right? Let's uh, try to take more of an organic path to it. So I'm, I'm just kind of excited how much market share we could take. You know, we're on track to do 320 this year, right? Just past, or what, 25 months in business. It's like, man, who Amazing. knows what the next 12? Amazing, dude. Congrats. Congrats. Thanks. That's worth celebrating part of this pod. We don't probably celebrate and congratulate enough, but like, you're two years in, right? You're, you're two yeah, years yeah, in. June 1st was our two years. Yeah. So it, what a good story and model of how to do it. And you seem to have a methodical approach as opposed to like, well, you, you did burn the candle both ends. Yeah, super the full time job. <laughs> but at least now you're, you seem to be taking that linear growth path of saying like, I'm not going to hire 10 people, but I'm also doing a little bit of growth each week. Um, and feeding the business that way. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it's still got a lot of hats to wear, but it's an, you got to go meet people, especially, you know, who knows what the market's going to do in the next 12 months. So try to stave some of that off, try to get in front of as many agents as I can between the end of the year. You know, like our wig, uh, my most important goal for the rest of the year, I want to increase our active agents from 32 to 64 by December 31st. Awesome. Love Theoretically, if I can increase active agents, revenue should hopefully stay about the same. Love the specific goal. What do your agent interactions look like? Do you get coffee? Oh, it looks like you froze there for a second. You still there? Yeah. Hang on. Let's see. All right, cool. As long as I can hear you, that's cool. I think we're back. Can you see and hear me? Yeah. Good. Cool. Um, what do your agent interactions look like? Do you, do you strive to get coffee with them? Do you do presentations? What do you talk about? when you do get in front of an agent? Man, generally I just kind of, my, usually my go-to question is like, hey, how's the market going? And I just get them talking. And it just kind of gets their wheels turning and kind of like loosens up the conversation a little bit. It took me a while to learn how to speak that language. Because um, if you're going to go talk to like a, a high producing agent, you got to speak their language, right? They'll have a little bit more respect for you right out of the gate. Um, so usually that's like my go-to question. Hey man, like, where do you see the market going? And we'll just, we'll just start there. A lot of times they'll come back, where do you see it going? I'll just say, well, it looks like all the first time home buyers just got priced out, but everybody that's left is super qualified. And we just kind of let it roll from there and just, man, just, just try to keep it friendly. I don't push my business. I don't say, hey, you should use us, blah, 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 blah. I tried that in the beginning, but it feels super awkward. <laughs> you know, if they like you, they'll use you. So that's, are you get are you trying to get coffee approach. with them? Or are you just dialing, kind of emailing? What kind of what's your do you have a go-to approach or do you try and do a little bit of everything? I've been trying lately to do, I've been asking agents I'm friendly with or business agents, hey, can you give me a warm introduction to somebody that you think I can help? Mm, I like that. And just let let their trust in that agent and that 
um, shared friend kind of transfer over to me a little bit. So uh, meeting with a broker tomorrow, um, that an agent that I work with frequently is going to introduce us. So, hey, just come into the office, bring some bagels. I'll meet you there. Beautiful. But you know what? Sounds good. And you, you just know, asked. You asked. I, I don't know how much business I'll get, but say again. <coughs> Hang on. I'll give us a second to refresh here. Okay, we're back. Um, but you just asked. And I think that's a theme lately a lot of people are saying of like, I just asked for the referral. Yeah. Um, simple. Simple, but not easy. Uh, yeah, just, just pick the ones you're friends with and ask them. You know, it's, it's easy for asking a friend. You're asking like some top producing agent you just met five minutes ago. It's, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Love that mug, by the way. Um, so let's hit these, let's hit these quick hitter questions to close here. Uh, it's a theme, you know, that was requested of like having some consistency on the pod. So what, do you have a favorite tool, toy inspector kind of uh, tool that you love? Yep, I got two. Uh, sewer scope camera, because um, it, man, brings a lot of revenue and it helps people too. Uh, number two, uh, we have the GPK32. It's by Inspector Robots. Okay. They're out of, man, East Coast somewhere, I think. Uh, number two is we have a little robot. It's a track robot. Uh, we send it in the crawl space. Uh, COVID has not been timed to my waistline. I don't fit exactly where I think I should. <laughs> um, so especially, I mean, even if you're working in an older house where things are a little tight, you know, send a robot and get some pictures. Yeah. It, keep, it keeps the value of your inspection high. It keeps you from just riding off the crawl space. Like, hey, I don't know what's in there because I can't fit. Beautiful. <clears throat> what's one thing you should never do as a home inspector? Give negotiating advice. Easy, right? Never, never, never talk about that. So let's give advice. You, you may have more than one piece here, given this is all still fresh for you. Piece of advice you'd give new home inspectors. Step out of your comfort zone earlier. Excuse me. Um, step out of your comfort zone. That's where growth happens. Which you did with the Instagram. That's a clear example, right? I have to. Beautiful. Um, a wish item, wish list item for Spectora to make your life better, Eric. More data points, uh, CRM. Okay. What, like give, give me specifics. Mm, ran into something today. Let me pull it up. A way to track active agents. I can, I can do a bootleg way through your new, uh, you go to like data exports, you go into your new, um, the reports, the new reporting, yeah. right, your new client reports or contacts reports. You can kind of bootleg it that way. Um, but it took me a minute to figure it out. Awesome. Maybe a graph with that. Maybe if I could track number of active agents over a given time on a graph, that would help me with my wig for the year, right? I want to increase active agents over a specific period of time. Being able to see that visually would help. Boom. I think that's in the works, but, uh, cool. I'm going to link you up with, with James or Megan to talk more about that as they're, as they're kind of building it or scoping it. it might already be in the pipes. So yeah, I completely agree. You being able to see who you need to reach out to. Right. One. Maybe um, even just like an, a reminder email to me, Hey, you need to call these seven agents because you haven't seen them in 120 days. Yeah. Like a hot cold. Right. Day. That takes a lot of research 
a lot of scrolling through months trying to figure out who you have not seen. Because when you're busy, people are going to slip through the cracks. Awesome. Got it. Well, Eric, anything else you want to talk about, man? Anything else we didn't cover? I, uh, I've really, I've loved hearing your story for one and two. Uh, I couldn't be happier every time. I, I couldn't be happier for you every time I see you pop up on like Instagram. Um, because you're just a good dude. I've always, you know, appreciated your energy you, from, from just through email and Instagram. Thanks, dude. Yeah, I mean, if I can give one tip, just, just step out and grow. Get in an uncomfortable situation. Make sure your numbers are right before you pull the plug. Um, you know, that's, that's a pretty big thing to do. So make sure it's the right decision. But man, when you do it, go full force. We didn't even talk about the blog, but I'm going to direct everyone in the com in the description to go to crosswindhomeinspection.com. You've got the slab to shingle blog. I see you've got great content on there. That's speaks my language that, 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 uh, that makes me happy to see. Learned it from you, brother. Yeah. Hey. Honestly, dude, most of the things I've learned I've like harvested nuggets off your podcast and just applied it to my business. Amazing. Um, I didn't think of all this on my own. I just steal other ideas. <laughs> and I probably, I just copy people too, man. Just copy what works, right? Well, well done. I'll link to everything here because I'm sure an inspector or two or five or 10 are going to want to get a hold of you and just network and, um, you know, network with like-minded people. I think that's what this is all about. Sounds good, dude. All right, Eric. Thank you for sharing your knowledge, man. Congrats again. Um, you're just going to keep rolling. I can already tell. Thanks, brother. Appreciate the time. All right, man. Have a good one. Take care. Get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, brother. Later. Take it easy.